0: He's, he's speaking to the choir. He's speaking to you know. It's an echo chamber. So he's like, we all know we hate Muslims, right? Let me let me, let me <laughs> all, so, so yeah. you hate Muslims, right? You hate Muslims. So let, let, let so let me let me tell you what I just discovered in a book and and something you're not going to read because you're just going to accept what I say. Yeah. You know and and you know we're evangelicals, so we're making this up as we go along.
1: I mean, I I know I I didn't get a chance to review the last TikTok video that you sent me. Uh, I'm not sure what I sent you. You Christ.
2: Oh, this was a good one because we've spoken about this. He will make a seven-year peace treaty with the Jews. He will conquer Israel and massacre the Jews. He will establish Islamic world headquarters at Jerusalem. He will rule for seven years, establish Islam as the only religion. He will come on a white horse with supernatural power. He will be loved by all people on earth. If that sounds familiar, that is a precise description of the biblical Antichrist. Absolutely, step by step, by step, by step. The Bible's Antichrist is their Mahdi. We know that the rider on the white horse in Revelation 6 is the Antichrist. They use that verse to describe their Mahdi. Why am I giving you all this? Because the description of the Mahdi is that exactly the description of the biblical antichrist, the beast of Revelation 13. And you go into any kind of a study of that and you will find that all the details match up perfectly the bible's antichrist is islam's savior nations he will make a seven-year peace treaty with the jews he will conquer israel and massacre the jews he will establish islamic world headquarters at jerusalem he will rule for seven years establish islam as the only religion he will come on a white horse with supernatural power he will be
0: this guy's got two hundred and almost three hundred thousand followers.
1: Is that is that a Christian influencer?
0: Yeah, a Christian influencer, and it's all horseshit. Um, because the so the Dajjal is the antichrist in Islam. How's it? He said Jesus is coming back to open up a can on him. Uh-huh. All right, the Mahdi is like that is. I don't want to say secular, but he's like the he he's 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 mobilizing. You know, person kind, mankind around the banner of Islam. Mm-hmm. He's like the, the 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 civilian leader. There's no white horse. He's not the Antichrist. There's no, there's no special. Place. There's no special power. There's no white
1: horse. No, it, it's really peculiar. Is is there a, is there a, like a conquering of the Jews mentioned in the Muslim eschatological narrative? The Muslim eschatological mar- narrative is is that the
0: that that Israel is for the Jews and and the, the, it needs to be stewarded the, the correct way. There's obviously laws that bound them with the, their covenant with God, right? So with Allah,
1: what the,
0: you know, that's left up to interpretation, what that means. Okay, but Muslim the Muslim eschatological view of the place of the of people of the book is very very clear, um, and that and it's all this stuff about infidels and all that stuff are stories, all right, about events during the Prophet's lifetime, peace be upon him, to deal with persecution, right, within the construct of the rules of war, right, that and that's that's jihad, right, and so. I mean, so so it so this so basically this guy is doesn't understand what the Mahdi is yeah has no clue what that is 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 taking Revelations and then saying ah um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to take the Mahdi I'm not I'm going to ignore that 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 Islam talks about the Antichrist very specifically and describes what the Antichrist is the Dajjal. Yeah. is what that is he doesn't know what the Dajjal he doesn't I'm pretty sure this guy is unaware of what the Dajjal is and he basically is saying thinking that he can replace the Jija with the Mahdi and then say, see, Christians are against, you know, so they're against Christianity. See, this is our book says this. And, and their book is in alignment with our apocalyptic view of the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's really interesting. I just felt like that was a,
1: yeah. Uh, evangelical Christians. Um, it's apologetics, you know, Protestant Christians. Yeah. We, we, we do love our comparative religion. Um, like oh, for example, a month ago, my uh, my mom sent me two books. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm dying. This is what... she sent me the case for Christ. Have you heard of this?
0: Oh, at least well, Not only have I read it, I saw the movie. Oh, and um, I I've 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 talked. I've spoke, I, there was a, there was a period of time where I talked about you know this and it, basically the idea is that this guy didn't believe in God, and all of a sudden was an investigative journalist that, that, that put this all together, which is, I think I think I, it, the whole thing doesn't even hold any water. I think that's all horseshit. I think that he was an apologetics guy that decided to run this gaffe, publish this book, make some money at the same time, say that there was, we, we know now much more because of the access to information, that there just is not primary source documentation. But that's what that says. There's more documentation on Jesus than there is on just about anything else. He says more on the Roman that there's more on j- documentation on Jesus than there is on like the Roman Empire. He says it's completely insane.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I find the timeline a little bit fishy um, in the book, but it, I, I just thought it was funny. It's, my- it's a fun book. Yeah, it's a fun book to read, and it's and it's really really good.
0: Um, it's it look the, the case for Christ. Muslims believe in, in, in Jesus, they, so it, it's not a it's a, it's not it's not antithetical to, to the narrative of Islam, except for once you get into discounting the priesthood of Jesus and then going for the, the three day resurrection, mm-hmm. and then the, and then you start heading towards that Trinity, which is uh, you know, the worst neighborhood in the Christian eschatological town.
1: But the other book they sent me was this. So what's the difference? Well, there's that many worldviews, faiths, and religions, and how they compare it to Christianity. So, as this Christianity is Christianity, that's it. Yeah, so like, so I, I, I had, you know, <laughs> of course, so over the years, I've had <laughs> multiple copies of The Case for Christ on my shelf. Yes, because I'm a good evangelical. Right. Um, and I've had, you know, several of these kind of comparative religion texts through an evangelical Christian perspective. Well, where you I, basically I, just, like, compare everything to uh, the evangelical worldview, um, and and uh, explain why the evangelical worldview is correct, and all mm-hmm. the other worldviews right. are incorrect. And apparently, my my parents felt that I needed to be reevangelized. I love, I love like, it. Sort of... I mean, I'm happy.
0: I, I would I would be overjoyed if you let me borrow those books. I haven't read the, the Case for Christ in
1: in probably ten years. Yeah, I actually re reread it. I'm about halfway through, but I, I re. Yeah, it. when you're ready for it's it. Good. I didn't want to be like, uh, it's more about him,
0: I think it's more about evangelizing him. It's, it's to me, this is how I read it more the you know, because as a historian, as somebody who's a history major and everything else, his like, I know what primary, primary, secondary, and and tertiary source documentation is all about, and prominence and all that stuff. I, I provenance, I, I know that. It's very, very weak on those things from a historical perspective, but it's very convincing. It's very well written, but it's more about a guy evangelizing himself. That's how I read that book. Um, But it only works if he wasn't that to begin with. And so the challenge is, is I'm not sure he wasn't, that wasn't the intent behind this whole thing. Like it's not just a fanciful story.
1: Yeah, Um, well, I mean, the the general pattern... uh, There's a couple of things I have to say about this book if we're on the topic. One is that it's an extremely modern book with a capital M. Meaning that this is the sort of thing that might have been deeply meaningful to a baby boomer. Or even like an older Gen -er. Xer. It's like Dianetics. It's like a Dianetics, like Edwin book. Someone who, you know, was... uh, is preoccupied with kind of, um, physical proof and evidence and stuff like that, um, in a way that simply isn't true and hasn't been for quite some time in terms of the newer generations. And so when I looked at this book, you know, as a teenager, and of course it was something that was very, very influential within the evangelical world. Um, I always found that, while i might not necessarily disagree with anything in it it just didn't seem terribly relevant or interesting to me because it wasn't really asking the questions that i was asking um well what would give me an example of the question like you were first of all you were already down you were
0: already yeah. there you know and this guy is a cultural christian if nothing else he was brought up christian right Shovel was, and then he, and, and, but then
1: was, was, became an evidence-based journalist, right? And, and yeah. Journalist. Well, okay. So in, in, in the introduction, he says that he was not a Christian and then his wife became a Christian and he right. was kind of off put by that. Right. Um, and, uh, over time realized that his wife became, I don't know, better and happier as a result of the Christianity and wanted to learn more about it and stuff like that. And that's what he said. That's what he said. I'm not sure, like, and I, I, am not here to make a judgment on how true that is or anything like that. My point is that it's uh, not, let me put it this way, it's not that hard
0: to grow up in America being a cultural Christian to turn around and then say, my wife became Christian, so I investigated. It, so I became Christian. Do you see what I'm saying? You're you're not going against any grain. No, you're 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 going with the flow. You know, this is largely, I wouldn't say it's a it's a culturally Christian country.
1: No, no, but I, you know what I mean. Like, I think I think that the, the the purpose of this this book and books like it were to take the um, the feeling of discomfort that modern people had with the the apparent dissonance between faith and science yeah. and reconcile it and that's what uh, that I, I and it attempts to do that I agree yeah. I agree with you on that yeah modern christians again meaning like baby boomers were preoccupied with that and we see it all over the place in that in, in the 20th century uh trying to reconcile the gaps between faith and science and so it's like the the idea is that maybe at a faith level um, i believe that Jesus, you know, died on the cross for my sins and, 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 and uh, performed these miracles and stuff like that. But as long as there's no physical proof that those things happened, or as long as the timeline doesn't quite make sense, then there is an uncomfortable disconnect mm-hmm. between what I believe in my heart and what I am able to see or prove. And furthermore, I, uh, I don't have all the tools that I would like at my disposal to convince other people that I'm right. And right. that's kind of like the main thing, is how many tools can I put in my ut- utility belt to um, to convince people at a historical, scientific, factual level right. that the things that I'm saying are true or at least reasonable? Um, and, and so that's the idea behind books like that. And it's a little hard to explain, you know, it, it's basically just the idea that for a modern Christian, something like this is supposed to be a mic drop. Um, like this erases all reason for doubt. Right. Um, and for a postmodern Christian, that just isn't true. Um, it, it's one of those things like, um exactly how many things about Jesus would need to be proved to be true in order for me to make a decision in my heart that he was God right, and that I had to follow him in a certain way what where where is that line drawn yeah and that's a you know that's a unique question for every person, yeah,
0: matters of faith and and what i mean I always say that i don't you know i don't represent islam right so and 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 but but i but i I know what I feel in my heart, mm-hmm. and I never said I was a good Muslim, you know. Yeah. Um, but but I try my best as 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 is the way. So, the problem is is that even if you presented with me the most any ca- like a case in front of me that says that I'm wrong, and you and I've had these conversations where I've said, "Well, I don't even," I guess you know, sometimes I don't even know what the, what's going on. I know that if I confront someone confronts me with something that that is that 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 just dis- completely destroys the existence of God, I still will believe in it. Yeah. So 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 I'm already. I, it it doesn't matter. And I and you know who I am. It, it, a lot of of my background, you know, if, if we, since our from our conversations and our friendship. You probably know most more than most people from you know when we've shared uh, you know our stories and stuff like that. You, you know, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg with me, right? So I don't know if I exist um, because I grew up a certain way and I was heavily socialized and and groomed it to move in this direction, or that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. There's no difference now. Um, when it comes to something like this, with the Strobel stuff, yeah, his wife. Re- I mean, you're reminding me of the story a little bit. I just recall it's just it. The problem is when you're confronted with evidence, it, and and as somebody who's like you said a story, and you turn around, and you look at some of the a lot. So there's evidence that's 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 accepted, and then there's evidence that's discounted. Right? right. You and I saw this this documentary. The um, ancient apocalypse. Yeah. It's, it starts off really strong and then it starts to go way off the rails <laughs> because it you know, it, it, you, know, I, and I, and I, and I, rem, I he the guy who, who's been behind that friend narrative. What's that? Manicab, yeah. He, he's, he, he says something that really appeals to me. He has this, this sort of, this statement, this slogan, he goes, you know, we are largely a civilization with amnesia. Yeah. I love that. I, I love saying, I love that because it, it gives us the ability where to, to speculate and dream about, um, you know, you know, who we were and our past greatness. And, and if you don't go down the road, I mean, the problem is, is he's a fixture on ancient aliens, you know, so, so it gets a little bit, ner- it makes me a little bit nervous. Um, but. There was something that happened I, I bet that late, earlier this month, earlier October, and it said uh, it was a TikTok where a, a lady asked her her her, her husband uh, about you know what is it that you're thinking about right now, and he's like, oh, I'm thinking about this, and it ended up being something in the Roman Empire, and she's like, how long, how many times do you think about the Roman Empire? And he's like, three or four times a week, and it became this question
1: that was asked globally till to, to dudes yeah, you know how wife, many times do you think i've asked me what's that my wife asked me how and i think about the roman empire based on this right
0: so and and i and i said well you know once a week i sit down with the guy i grew up with and we talk a lot about history and rome does come up um i i don't i don't i, I i've never i don't think i've i don't think it's a weekly thing where i'm like thinking about the glory of rome and what i should be doing <laughs> with rome um but i i would argue that any christian is, uh, is 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 uh indirectly thinking of Rome because of the God King and all this other stuff associated with Christianity once it became the religion, so uh, the state religion. So I, I would I would argue that. But uh, but it was it was funny. I think the 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 idea of discovering evidence and and then saying, well, this is the mic drop. See, this is the sequence of events, and this is the evidence evidence behind Jesus and all this other stuff. I mean. You know, almost everybody has to, is preoccupied with Jesus indirectly because we our calendar is in accordance with his birth date or or well whatever zero right so is that's when that's when you know things are delineated uh, and so we all are and it doesn't even matter to a certain degree whether it was real or not real. Muslims believe Jesus was real. Muslims believe Jesus was the Messiah. Muslims believe. believe Everything up to that, the the resurrection, right? So, because you can't, it, it has the Aziz has to come back. So, so you have so so that we're everybody. I think a lot, most people of faith in that are Abrahamic are there. Even in Hindu script, Hindu books, Hindu scriptures, like that, they talk about Yaseuf, the son of Joseph. And, and, and there's, they've indigenized Jesus into their culture,
2: mm-hmm.
0: whether he was there or not traveling around when it, from 13 to 29, I, I really don't know. Um, sounds good. I'd like to think that he was hanging out with the Zoroastrians learning magic.
1: Yeah. That's certainly one of like the, it's the, a good one that like he, he, he was in India, like under the Buddhist master. Yeah. 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 It's a good, it's a good, it's, it's, you know, that's a, that's a fun one. So, um, Even you know, like an origin story,
0: right? Right. It's well But the problem is, is like Stroll never went to, you know, it never, th- he didn't delve into that stuff, you know, because
1: that's not
0: orthodox. Right. Right. And what's, the, the which, which is, the- which is funny though, yeah. if you're an investigative journalist, and this is my case against him is it's funny. He just stuck with the evangelical narrative. He didn't go into the 13 years he was missing, you know, he didn't go into any of that
1: stuff. Right. So. I don't want to be too hard on this book, but my impression of it is that he, there's, he follows this pattern where he will have these hard questions that need to be answered. And so he'll go to and... But he finds the answers. He'll go to a Christian expert right. to answer them. He will lavish praise upon said expert, yeah. like at least a page yeah. of credentials and personal praise and observations about what an amazing and wonderful person this is. And then he'll set up a few straw men, yeah, for the expert to knock down. And it's not completely unconvincing or completely uncompelling, um, but it also is not really, to me, a picture of a person coming from a, a place of grave personal doubt um, and extensive historical whatever that is or scientific knowledge of the issues involved he just has some itches that need to be scratched and he kind of knows exactly how he wants to scratch them right and where to go and who to talk to and i mean which is true that that's typical for someone who like fox Mulder wants to believe right yeah i've been in that place yeah
0: um, well i mean Mulder, I mean, Mulder I mean. you know like you know if you're, i mean i i didn't i never watched the whole series what was that called the X Files. The X Files. Never watched the whole series, but because I couldn't, it took. There was recovery time between the episodes that I saw. It it, it just it it as, as somebody who's been involved in, you know, government work and 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 questionable uh, activities out there. Um, you know, like he would end up in like a. a I, I just this one sticks out in my head: a cave complex in uh, the Rust Belt somewhere. Where there was um uh, uh, what was it called uh a genetic material from like everyone on the planet yeah. and uh and then like and then, and then and then and that like that as if that wasn't enough yeah. in a you know a government the hidden government facility with like very strange like Very loose security. You know, it's like, it's, you know, it was like, it was like, keep out. And then a big steel door and then you get through the big steel door. And then all of a sudden you take two steps and there's a stainless steel super door, you know, but he, you know, they're able to badge in or something. And then you get in and there there it is. And, uh, and then there was a lab and and, that would be enough to just to run into that, let alone a lab with like embryos or something. And then I remember him having a conversation with like some director just outside the door and he's like you know and the guy's like just let it go you know like i'm just like that's not, that's not what happened to you you know like like i look like I'm just, like i'm feeling like, you, know, you know you're you're sitting on the thing that Mulder, i guess was i don't know he was trying to find his sister was abducted i I think we i recall yeah, like part it, of this yeah that was in yeah. the part of the story which you know, you know, it would have been so great if the other one, his partner, ended up being the sister. When that would have been a great bunch of shenanigans. You know, she was always leading him down the wrong path. Yep. you know, that would have been a fantastic end. I don't know how the series ended. Maybe I think it'd be wonderful. It was just a murder suicide between onto two of them in a car because they're completely insane. But
1: um, yeah, I kind of had a, a uh, yeah a slow, painful death. That's serious, unfortunately. Well, I, it just, the problem is, is that once you start
0: introducing shenanigans at that level, conspiracies at that level, it,
1: it you can't, you, you have to constantly prime the pump. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's an escalation. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, and of course, so many series fall into that trap. I mean, anybody in your office who has
0: a poster that says the truth is out there, or whatever the poster is that he had there. Uh-huh. You're not having lunch with that guy.
1: You know what I mean? Like you're not. Speak for yourself. You know, like, you know, like you're not. I totally have lunch with that. You guy. know, you know you're not. You're not
0: getting involved. Um, you know, it, it, FBI agents are 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 threefold. Either they're accountants, uh, and and whatever whatever that image that count that conjures up of an individual, mm-hmm. you're spot on. Yeah. Um, the second thing is is that they're very they're very much like. The second third is very much like, uh, Kyle McLaughlin in, in, in Twin Peaks, you know, one dimensional, uh, has, a, a, an idea of something that is, uh, uh, has a process that's highly questionable that, that, that doesn't produce any results.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you know, no one was caught in that, in that series.
0: It's fantastic,
1: but no one, no one was caught. Was, but, wasn't that the point? I, I never finished Twin Peaks. So I really have it, to do that. You too. don't have it. It, it <laughs> doesn't finish don't right well that's yeah, the point. yeah you can't yeah it doesn't fit and you know as it, people were angry when the murderer was revealed at the end because it was like that well frost and lynch yeah. got into a fight
0: and uh and and then lynch had to finish it on zone which is the excuse of why he ended up crapping th- out and doing whatever he did um at the end it ends up that uh i can't remember his name uh comic often ends up being mm-hmm. bob that's what ends up happening at the end uh which that that's that's that it ruins the the chase that's the yeah. whole point of it you know you know having an FBI agent that is that is ends up being bombed doesn't make doesn't that's that's been chasing him for a, a number of years doesn't make any sense
1: I think we're touching on an interesting point here which is that in real life stories don't have endings they just have new stories getting started all the time, right? And, and nothing is ever really resolved, right? And so we have this desire, this sort of human desire. We want the denouement. We want everything to be tied up in yeah. a bow. Yeah. Resolution. yeah. And so much of our faith is tied up in that desire. We don't want to spend our lives wondering what's real and what's true. We want that to be established so that we can operate under that knowledge In security and safety. And part of the problem, you know, is I I think that normal human experience for most of human history has more or less been that you had old people that told you how things were and what mattered. Right, an oral tradition. Yeah. And you would kind of, you would go, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's settled. Actually, I was listening to Graham Hancock last night and he was talking about this exact thing. Is, is, is that um, these questions of what is the meaning of life who is God, where do I come from where am I going are sort of adolescent questions that for the typical human throughout most of history would have sort of been answered satisfactorily at an early stage and then you could just kind of move on A- and it simplified things and that doesn't happen to be true for us um, and that's part of why we experience so much anxiety, and why this conversation around apologetics and stuff like that becomes so heated.
0: Well, you know, we got this conversation in part because of this, 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 this sermon, and and uh, it. What surprises me about it is 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 he's speaking to uh, he's he's speaking to the choir. He's speaking to you know, it's an echo chamber. So it's like, we all know we hate Muslims, right? Let me, let me, let, all, so, so, yeah. you know, right? so you hate Muslims, right? So let, 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 so let me, let me tell you what I just discovered in a book and in, in, in something you're not going to read because you're just going to accept what I say, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, we're evangelical. So we're making this up as we go along. Let me start with this, you know, and, and so um, if no one's doing the math uh, ever, um, but it was, it was, it was a funny thing because, you know, this guy has got 300,000. Don't worry about it.
1: Okay. It's like something's trying to cut its way out of the (laughs) wall. You know, certain things in the walls, (laughs) they usually don't come through. uh, But so, uh,
0: but, you know, it's just, it's always very funny where it's like, you know, the the Mahdi is the Antichrist. It's in alignment with our book. See, another reason to hate Muslims is, you know, like, and guess what? I'm right. Don't do the math on any of this. And so it's just, it's a funny way of a funny, uh, sermon that I saw. And uh the comments were, the comments were fun, were interesting, were interesting. Um, I think I, I screenshot, uh, some of the comments, uh, and because I, I felt, okay, maybe this was, uh, it was something that would be with, you know, they're like, you know, religion of peace, you know, they would say stuff, people would say stuff like that. And, uh, how, what do they say? Uh. Um, you know, religion of peace, and they're like, they're like, see, you know, you know, it's 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 really a doomsday religion. It's not a religion. So if it's not a religion, then why even talk about it? You know, I like, why even? They're saying that Islam is not a. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the reason why I like uh, here's the thing: if take my back or personal background out of it, the reason why I like Islam is that we know that Muhammad existed. There's a process. To... I was going to bring that up. There's a process to confirm. What, 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 what so what, what was said
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh so so that it becomes you know what you would call, like call canon right so a hadith is a saying of a prophet right so the people around him have to kind of heard him say it and sometimes there's different versions of it, and then they take the versions and they say, "Okay, what do we do with this?" And then scholars come together and say, "Okay, we know something was said. This is the most likely thing that was said." Which is why I don't understand, like that the the well Muslims believe in the in the uh, the Injil, that 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 there's a book of sayings of Hazadisa that there's st- that something somebody must have done, you know, written something down, right? There must have been, and he was a good rabbi, and rabbis are you know have a crew around them so there must have been and he definitely had a crew around him but he, yeah there's a there's a process of confirming what was said there's a process of confirming how the prophet lived um and it's 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 explicit in how to go about that the idea of um I think of Hitchens. he goes he goes how much hubris do you have to have to say that you're the last word well you're You know, all these other religions predated, and there and therefore better. But I'm an atheist. Well,
1: it in the timeline it,
0: it happens around 600, so it is later. And by just the lineage of Islam, it does provide the last word if you're adhering to Abrahamic lineage. So the idea that that Muslims are against Judaism and Christianity and all these other things is. It's is it's Abrahamic lineage in terms of like theological ex- thought? So every every good, every every good Muslim should have four books, right? There's Torah, the Injil, Psalms, and the Quran.
1: Yeah, but why does it have to stop there?
0: Well, I'm not saying it has to stop anywhere, um, but 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 this is this is a cornerstone of the faith. The last prophet is Muhammad.
1: So here's the thing, I peace be upon him. I get that. Like I think I understand this this security in that argument. However, you know who else? it was. Joe Smith. Yeah, for, that's for, what I was going to say. The, for the Mormons, so I can also prove that Joe Smith uh, existed. I can also prove that Al Ron Hubbard existed. Yeah, right. Their their existence is solid proof. Yeah, and so the the ability to prove the physical existence of the prophet in question is something. Right. But That's I'm not everything.
0: Pro- first of all, I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm saying this is why I like this. This is, if I, if I didn't have my personal background and everything else, knowing who I am and being as judicious as I am, I like, first of all, I I grew up in, I, I grew up in the Western world, right? So, so it, it, it would be hard pressed not to be Abrahamic. Right. Um, and so, uh i grew up in a jewish community uh largely jewish community so so i'm already heavily socialized with with judaism i grew up in a in a a largely christian country so i'm heavily socialized by christianity and then i have this 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 multi-faith family where islam was part of 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 my tradition right so and i was i happened to end up in that pot Mm -hmm. right so so in the islamic pot right so So that's so what I have this really uh, cohesive idea of Abrahamic lineage and a theology that that says, well, people love the book, right? And then it says, okay, you know, Israel is for the Jews, right? And it is for the Jewish people. Uh, uh, They are the stewards of that land. Uh, So I know that there's Jewish texts that say that that, that there's some Jewish texts that are against that. They say that that that. that the, the Jewish people should be stateless because they're they're and 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 Jerusalem should be remain a holy city, a pilgrimage. So I do know that there's some stuff there, but that's that's not my problem. That's their problem, right? So that's you know that's that, and the Zionists and all that other stuff. So as a, oh
1: no, finish what you're saying. No, I have a question.
0: No, so so the idea of Abrahamic lineage leading to a book, the Quran, that's that that's like I say I always say it's you know better than 90% of just how to live it just seems very very tight mm-hmm. to me okay there's the, the 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 word of god came to us from israelites then you have the, the restoration of the priesthood through through christianity and then you have the, the prophet uh and 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 uh and the bloodline to the end of days right and so it, it seems very very prog- like a progression to this modern era, right? Uh, ethics and rules and so forth and how to live and how to, and so that, that, that seems very tight to me from without feeling it in my heart. Uh, and, and so there's, the, there's the way with that guy, it, it seems like he's trying to, he's preaching to the choir. I don't know who he's trying to convince, uh, about the Mahdi and the Antichrist and all that. I, I don't know who he's trying to convince other than just speaking to the choir, but. It just seems very. It just seems like a a a very good progression, a very thoughtful progression. When you say it's the last prophet, when you say um, it's the it's the next step in Abrahamic lineage to the end of days, it 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 ties everything together very very neatly, which is what we were talking about with Mulder, Mulder, Mulder. Yeah, you know. So does it? Does it? Does it? Mean that Dianetics and and Elron Hubbard didn't do the same thing. Sure, he did do the same thing, um, but it doesn't. Elron it, Hubbard doesn't lock in the cultural elements. It's more that's more of a rebellion against the cultural elements to get into to try to do something else. And whether that's right or wrong, I'm not, you know, going to get into it, um, but unless you ask, because you know, I. <laughs> This, i have tell with this ideologist quite a bit in my career. What was the question?
1: So um first of all
0: Do I condemn Hamas?
1: No. <laughs> Do <I'm>, you condemn <laughs> We we all condemn Hamas. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Hamas, just please get it together. Um I was gonna say just by way of, you know, that that preacher that, that, that you um, played the clip from. He's, he's doing what he's doing so that he can generate animosity between Christians and Muslims. Right. And that is the explicit purpose of it. And that is so that he can give the people who are with him the satisfaction of feeling that they are right. And that they have an enemy. Yeah. Well, we talk- And that solves our sorts of problems. Right. We talked about the Mahdi before, which is why
0: I, I highlighted it and, and sent it to you. Because we had talked about what that is. I,
1: I, I, don't, I can't speak for this guy. Yeah. But I would say so that not there's a either. certain likelihood that in his imagination he is uh, waiting for the day that he, for all I know, can kill Muslims and feel okay with it and that's what he wants yeah. he just wants to be able to to kill and to destroy and feel justified and and he's just fanning those those flames i could be wrong maybe he's got completely other motivations but like i mean there's a limited number of reasons why you would say such things Yeah, and it's googleable um,
0: and you can google it your way out of his of his 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 talking points really fast
1: yeah um, I was going to ask though. Uh, it sounded like you were saying that, as a Muslim, based on your interpretation, you believe that the holy land does belong to the Jewish people.
0: There's 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 a there's a um, uh, a, a passage in the surah in the Quran, and then there's a deed on it. So, and it speaks to how uh, Israel is is the, is the land stewarded by the Jewish people. So 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 but but it comes with a caveat and the caveat is is steward what what does that mean so you can improperly steward the land Mm -hmm. um i don't know you know i i very rarely say this um but this would be something that religious scholars would have to i don't it's an interpretive element of what steward means i don't know what what the intent behind that word is okay in the in the surah um, so there's, there's a whole chapter in the Quran about beekeeping. Beekeeping? Beekeeping. Okay. Uh, it's usually the question I pose to people when they say they've read the Quran. I go, so then I'll ask a question about keeping bees. And when they ask for act for perplexed they will um you know they haven't read it
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: for those who who don't know about beekeeping uh every Muslim is an expert in beekeeping at least in theory okay um I have a buddy of mine that ha- that keeps bees um and I'm not somebody who when I'm around bees, freaks out, Yeah, but I don't want to go anywhere near that goddamn thing. Okay. So, so, you know, it's like, you know, like, I, I can't, can't get involved. Um, because generally bees, I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not sure I believe in keeping anything in captivity. Um, I do they understand their bees. and I understand we need honey, but the whole thing just seems really, really crazy. And his neighbor's, are hella aggravated because of the, the 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 amount of bees that are floating around in that block? <laughs> because he's in suburbia. Oh wow! Right. So it's I find it very inconsiderate towards the bees, and I'm going to sound like a hippie here, and inconsiderate to your neighbors, and inconsiderate to a bunch of, because of. But that's my own personal struggle. Uh, but the what does that chapter t- of the, of the Quran teach us? The chapter of the Quran teaches us stewardship and patience and purpose uh, and and what it means to be purposeful while stewarding living things so anybody in hamas who claims to be and, and, and if you're in hamas and we talked about this in one of our previous podcasts who claims to be muslim is clearly not taking into account that chapter. Forget about all the other chapters. It's, that's that's like that's haram to say. If only they had read a chapter about keeping these. But everybody, every muslim has to read the Quran to cover to cover during Ramadan. Yeah. Yeah. So so here's the problem is it's when it comes to stewardship of of the external non-muslims, right? Um then there's something and, and like, I know somebody's going to say, wow, everybody else is external. They're like bees. So, you know, I know that somebody's going to freak out about that. But the point is, is that beekeepers are purposeful and gentle and calm. And they have these sort of like slow, it's like a ballet, you know, and how you deal with bees. Because you don't want the, to aggravate them, but you want the honey. Yeah. You want to keep them alive, right? And then you got to keep the colony. It's a whole song and dance. And so stewardship of the holy land in Israel I draw the connection to that chapter of the Quran because I, there's it's very very purposeful on what stewardship means. Um, of course it's still left up to interpretation because the Jewish community has covenants, their own covenants with God. And 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 whether or not those covenants have been sorted properly, I mean, who knows? You know, so, so there's and there's very clear parts of the Jewish history where, you know, like the Babylonian exile and certain things, where all right, we you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pop out from from Egypt, for example, and then like for sixty years, and then and then poor Moses never gets the lowly way. You know, there's a lot of a lot of very there's a lot of specificity in how. The Hebrew God governs you know, the Jewish people during their relationship. So I, I and I would I'm not gonna well, I'm not gonna weigh in on that some sort of that stuff. Although I think I'm gonna write an article, which is gonna get me in trouble <laughs> about the different covenants and whether or not they were stewarded properly. that mm. like, according to what's from an, an outsider looking in, you know what what, what what if I was gonna say okay the covenant wait. What the Babylonian exile? What 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 was what was that punishment
1: for? Yeah, it, it was the Babylonian exile was because there were a, a long sequence of kings, two king fractured kingdoms, where me, most of those kings forgot about God, right, and led the people astray, right. But is from a Jewish perspective, you know, speaking
0: with and that's a what, what's How was that looked on? I think that... Was it a just or unjust? My impression is... Was it a... Did they break the covenant or... But something did happen
1: is the question. Do you know what I mean? My impression is that is the Jewish perspective. There's no way to read the Old Testament in any kind of serious way without recognizing that it is a series of stories, of sequences in which... Israel or God makes a covenant with Israel and Israel breaks the covenant. Right. And then God is like, Hey, he drops the ball. Here's how we can start. over. Okay. Here's another shot.
0: And then it happens again. Yeah. So my question is how, again. how many of those instances are there? And, I'm, and that's, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Number one. Number two is speaking from a Muslim perspective and the stewardship, whatever that means, what's the covenant there? And I don't know if I'd have to, you know, is it is it is it wholly Islamic or is it is that feed into the Zionist sort of narrative? Can and that's what i kinda mean going through.
1: What the word Islam means? Uh it means submission. It means- submission. Yeah. Okay. What does Israel mean? Uh what does Israel mean? Yeah. Do you remember that? Um no, no, was it mean? Struggles, struggles with God. Struggles with God, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Israel comes from um uh, Jacob wrestling with this angel or this manifestation of God. right? And uh, Jacob perseveres and God submits, but Jacob walks away with a limp. And this whole this story is a microcosm for, for Israel's relationship with God. So Israel is positioned historically, theologically, in a certain way with this unique relationship with God where the covenant is constantly being broken, constantly being renegotiated, right. yet for some reason God considers it important to reestablish, to, to reestablish it. Yeah, over and, and, over that, and that's, that's and what I'm getting that, at. That, what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm pointing out that that dynamic, yeah. um, I, Muslims submit to God. Yeah. Christians are little Christ. They follow Christ. Israel. Why well, the water with the Christians, Struggles with God. <laughs> yeah, that's their role. Right. It's in the knee. And it, yeah. I just, it, for well, what it's worth, no, it's a
0: fantastic reminder. Like when you, you know, because I, I, I haven't thought about it that the idea behind that, and that's, but that's what we're dealing with right now. It's front and center in the news. The idea of, uh, you know, Christians want the reestablishment of the the temple so that that they can bring about the end of the days. You know, there's a Zionist agenda, right? Um, but then. Which, but then we have this the, the the tradition of the Jewish people and the idea that um, they're struggling with this, whatever the current covenant is, and so what what is the current covenant with God and 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 the Jewish people? But I, because I I've spoken with a number of rabbis that have told me, well, we're supposed to be stateless because that's. Part of the latest rendition of the covenant with God, and and Jerusalem was supposed to maintain itself as a holy city. And I said, well, it's kind of antithetical to the, to the Islamic perspective that that Israel is supposed to be stewarded by the Jewish people.
1: But I don't know what steward means, so I would have to get I, you know get into that. Yeah, I mean, I I know that obviously Christians have an answer to that question. What what is the current covenant with God? Uh, yeah, but you guys, but I'm know- not a muddy the water with like you know. <laughs> What I'm saying is that I, I don't act I don't, I don't think that there's, there is an agreed upon equivalent. I think it, but I would, this is what I would think. This is what I
0: would think it means. Providing access to the faith communities, to the, to the Holy city. I, I would think mm-hmm. more or less. Okay. Right.
1: So, and then and nothing happens until Jesus comes back, yeah, right? To all faith communities or to Jewish faith communities? Well, you know, the Jewish,
0: the Jewish, uh, um, the, the, the Jewish, um, I think narrative and that is pretty, you know, the, it's, it, you know it, it's pretty clear, you know, they're the chosen people mm-hmm. and therefore they're stewarding the relationship with God, good, bad, or ugly. Mm-hmm. And we're all just along for the ride. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic, which is great because if that's the case, you know, handle it right that that would be that would be my thing is like just just handle it because i, I, gotta, I i've i've been caught up in 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 my islamic world since i was what you know a young boy and uh and i would just like to just be able to pray and just be able to, to run my business and do whatever and you guys handle it uh-huh. but with the i think the most recent craziness that's going on over there we're all trying to muddle through what is appropriate not appropriate you know what what the the idea of victimhood on both sides
1: yeah and and it becomes an impossible thing to untangle as these things always yeah. do um, cuz
0: which Jews it's like which Muslims which Jews are handling the problem mm-hmm. so i i just um i was looking at this thing i monitor online all this stuff and i i i, I just um i just downloaded this strange uh bunch of pictures on on uh it was just it was about faith groups and who who's in charge of different faith groups and uh i don't know where what i did on. with it and uh it said like who's in ch- it, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting uh set of uh uh things that basically was talking about you know the different religions and you know what's their centers where are their pilgrimage sites uh you know, who's their prophet and who's who's going on and then it basically try to tie up everything like who's in charge of judaism it's this guy who's in charge of christianity it's this guy we talked about this a few weeks ago yeah and and so i was surprised because what they did is they basically said um that the guy that's in charge of mecca uh is is in charge of islam okay and um oh bad they got that uh sorted out yeah and and so it I, 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 it's completely insane but that was what they did uh they said that that there's then there's a guy right who's in charge of mecca um and uh and and he's part of the, the the clan that's in charge of this, the Quraysh And uh, and the problem is, um, and his name is Abdul Rahman, is the guy, right? So he's the guy who's who's kind of who's in charge of of Mecca, right? Like the he's the Imam of the city, the town, or whatever it is. Well, there's no one in charge of Islam. And but it was it, it was an interesting sort of. Everyone's trying to tie things up. Goes back to our conversation to keep make keep put everything into a neat bow. And you say, because the next conclusion is, well, why isn't this guy? I've not come. I've never heard of him. How come he isn't handling the business? Yeah. Well, he's because he, he's, he's not in charge of Islam. Um, and there, there's no one that is in charge of Islam.
1: Well, you sent me this video earlier this week uh of this completely outrageous Baptist pastor. um I think I've seen him before. I'm pretty sure I took some Greek lessons from from his videos years ago. Oh, what was it? And he's, this is a, I can't remember. Oh, he was kicking somebody out yeah, of he's church. He's a particular, particularly obnoxious fellow. But the point is that the people who are in his congregation are in his congregation because that's what they want. They want to know who's in charge. Right. And this guy has presented himself with enough forceful authority that he can solidly take charge of this little flock. Yeah, c- yeah and- some guy
0: went to the front and he goes, I'm just looking for some... That's it. I would say baroque, not. Uh, but um, what would be the word? Uh, Did he say grace or something? Something, something like that. Like he's looking for spiritual, some kind of spiritual comfort. Mm-hmm. And and he goes, "You're not coming up to my whatever," and 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 you're not trying to run the show, which the guy clearly wasn't.
1: And he called security to grab like yeah. about? Isn't that great that he had these two like suited goons on hand? Goons, yeah, they were. I mean. Crashing goons. I come from a church that had goons. Really? Yeah. What, what do you mean? What does that mean? So, so like security. Well, yeah, but the pastor had these guys that were just loyal to him. Love it. I love it. And God, I wish I was evangelical. I can, you can um, do whatever you want, can't you? Yeah, it was a, a really interesting kind of political environment where you had, this, you had this flock of maybe 200, 250 people. And they're all paying for your lifestyle. Well, they're supposed to be. You know, not typically in an evangelical church, the the statistics are that ninety um, percent of the tithes are provided by fifteen to twenty percent of the people. All right. So you have a lot of people who are just sort of hanging on without really contributing, and so the church very heavily depends on a, a small core of people who are deeply invested in the church mm. financially. Time wise, and, and you just like emotionally, right? And most of that is banking on personal loyalty to the pastor, right? right? And the reason is, you know how you know Jesus's apostles were like, okay, who's going to be sitting on your left side? Who's going to be sitting on your right side? Right, <laughs> right. When 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 the kingdom comes, yeah. What's the story? what's the hierarchy? Yeah, gonna be? and and kind of a small way. Those are the questions that are being asked, in my experience, within an evangelical church. Yeah, and you just kind of the the picture that comes to mind is hyenas fighting for scraps, yeah. and it's like, what what do you have? Well, you've got some rotten meat. <laughs> well, and, and and you're just kind of like you have this small number of people who are sort of competing to have control over something that, if you were to actually step back and look at it, is nothing at all. Well, when, when, you know, when
0: I always look at military school, when it's so you know from, from fifth grade 12th grade i was in military school and so it to go to have privileges to go to the cantina at night was such a big deal yep yeah. um you know to have because you had study you know you go to you'd wake up at five and go to revelry you go to you go to then go to formation and then you would to breakfast and breakfast is always like you got you got 15 minutes for breakfast that's it you know <laughs> you know you got five minutes for a shower yeah so it was um then you go to school till about 11, then you, then you, 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 didn't turn somewhere, you know, to, just learn some military conduct, whatever it is, you work out, then you, you know, you had your day planned. But then you had study hall from 7 to 9, and you had a half hour from 9 to 9.30. And if you could, if you could lights up at 10, and if you could get to the canteen and to buy a burger or To get a cane bar, or just to sit in the cantina, was such a big thing. You know, you know, the politics are never are so high, and the stakes are never so low. And the second you step outside the fence, outside the compound, you were live, you were in the real world, and none of that stuff mattered, and no one even understood what it was. Mm-hmm. It, was it was like when I was training, when I was training, when I was at Fort Campbell, and I was training, I was doing, I was doing um, cultural composite training for anybody for deployment deployments out to Afghanistan and it and I did that I did it at FSI the Foreign Services too for a number of years too and uh it would always be really funny when the army boys would say yeah we just it's just it's a, you know foreign we I don't really understand how you engage with the Afghan people and I would say it's a tribal culture you guys are uniquely uniquely uh, positioned to be very successful in engaging the Afghan people. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? I go, y- you guys are, the, the military by nature is a tribal culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: By design. You guys all have patches. No one knows what they mean outside the certain service, let alone inter-service. Like, you know, I don't know what that means, what this, what this patch means or that patch means or this one. But, you know, and if you're not, because if you're not from that branch or you're from another unit or whatever, you're like, what, what, what is that? What's that guy? No one yeah. knows what ribbons are. Right. Accomplishments. No one knows what the what what any of that stuff means. Rank. I mean, people know what a sergeant is, and stuff, but if you go to the nuances between a master sergeant, and senior master sergeant, no one really knows. Yeah. Um, and so you, I, 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 said, look, you guys just need to stick from your beach of the pond. You, you know, I'd say you guys are you guys are Fort Campbell. You guys are air, you know Air Mobile, right? You guys, they they're they uh, uh, you know, health, they're they're Air Cav. Air cavalry, right? Whereas the 82nd, those guys jump out of planes, right? There's an there's a there's a, a rivalry between them. That's tribal, mm-hmm. and I'd explain that. Was going through this with them, and uh, I would get emails and kind of and well. And then, then when I was in Afghanistan and I was with everybody and we we were chatting back and forth, they're going, when you I, you know I always think about that when I was engaged in the Afghans. It's like we have a unique way of engaging because we are tribal. But I think that it's the same thing within Islam. We there's different there's different communities all over the place, and they're, all each one of these communities have their own identity. The politics is never so high, stakes are never so low. They really don't care about bringing outside people in, unless they're that they, you know they they want to keep maintain their tea party and their authority within their tea party. Yeah, um, and, and bringing people in is is great but it there's an idea of how it might disrupt things so you got to bring them into the fold as fast as possible and bring them into
1: right in line so and the reason it happens within and this is where hitchens was right about religion the reason it happens within islam and happens within christianity is because it's human it's just it's just human behavior We will tend to place ourselves in tribes, and then have these hierarchical power games within the tribes to figure out where do I fit, what's my role, how can I be comfortable, you know, within this context. And this, the human uh, tendency to break out into tribes will always manifest itself in any situation. And so you just kind of separate the, theolo- the theology entirely. Just take that entirely out of the equation. And what you had is humans being humans. It happens, you know, my business. It happens all the time with all of our stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that that's what I've come to understand about my experience in the Evangelical Christian Church is that there are certain things that we did and thought and practiced because of theology and some of it was good theology and some of it was bad theology but there are other things that we did and thought and practiced just because we're humans and we were doing what humans do Right. and at some level I have to kind of let that stuff go and recognize that it doesn't really matter what context I might have been in you know I was just caught up in a group of humans being humans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, there's not really
0: (laughs) disappointed I thought you would appreciate that. (laughs) Why don't you describe
1: what you're looking at? Because I saw that and I I went through the roof. I was like, what is going on? Uh, Yeah, okay. We should wrap up the podcast after this. But yeah, uh, John showed me a picture of a $5 bill that's folded in half. And then you open the $5 bill. And it's not a $5 bill. It's... uh, it says, I've received this as a tip. <laughs> right. And it's a fake $5 bill that on the back or on the inside, it's written, uh, disappointed? Jesus won't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> Make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16. God provides us with things money can't buy. Love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, goodness, self control. I don't know gentleness, but self control. Uh, apparently, not generosity. Right It's not included <laughs> in the gifts of the Spirit. Pray to to receive Jesus into your heart. And then there's the sinner's prayer. Can, can you imagine someone receiving this as a tip? Who's from yeah. like from like working in a restaurant the business and doing? I mean, I would,
0: <laughs> I would be through the roof. You <laughs> know, and, uh, and and. And I, and I, you know, and I think its intent is to get into a dialogue and also to be cheap at the same time, yeah. to not pay for services rendered.
1: I, I, yeah. And it's, it's amazing to think that there is a mentality in which that makes sense. Like, okay, I'm not giving you money for your work, right? but I'm giving you something that's more important and more valuable. So I should feel good about this and you should feel grateful. Right. Well, this is this
0: is um, the the the, you know, the conversation uh, that happened in uh, Caddyshack. <laughs> uh, so, Bill Murray was the, was the Dalai Lama's caddy. He tells the story, and the ball he shoots the ball, and then the Dalai Lama you know hit the ball and it goes into this ravine. And he took him you know two three hours to go get it, and he brings the ball up and he gives it to the to the Dalai Lama. Guess what? No tip, he says. And he goes, but I got total enlightenment. So I got that going for me.
1: <laughs> he says, <laughs> and that's, it's like, that's, that's exactly what this is all about. So when, what I'm wondering is, um, when Hamas invaded Israel, was that their version of a fake $5 bill? I don't know. I, Hamas is a
0: doomsday cult. Um, I don't they have I don't think they have anything I know you're trying to egg me out here but <laughs> they, you know, I don't I just think that you know once you violate the 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 maxims of Islam you're not Muslim anymore you can claim it all you want
1: yeah the, well the point is like the, the basic mentality is I know what's most important they rocked in there and they did what they did yeah too because they and they've done
0: it now Hamas is a household name mm-hmm. uh they've got a ton of PR They've, they, It's been. There's been a lot of disruptive operations, particularly because I've on campus P and 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 protests and people doing stuff. Someone asked me, said, "Oh, you're gonna protest?" I go, "I don't protest. I'm not. You know, I understand the right to assemble, but that's not my thing. I work in process. So I was like, I, I don't understand. I'm the so what, what now after things. Um, I don't believe that anybody should be protesting in the name of Hamas. It's mm-hmm. outrageous.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sorry. My, the the point I'm trying to make though is that. Um We can all too easily slip into a mindset where because we believe that we know what is most important right and we're, we're and we are right and, and we're no. right then whatever actions we take are just are justified based yeah on, I, I don't and think- it could be at something as little as giving someone a fake five dollar bill or as big as killing lots of innocent people
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm overjoyed that Hamas appears to be stewarding the prisoners appropriately, I was overjoyed to hear about this to Jew, that Jewish lady that grandma, that, that and then she shook the hand and said shalom and and she said and she and then she she did a news briefing and she said they treated us very very well I was overjoyed to hear that it still doesn't negate what 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 the the the, 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 sort of the crime of killing innocent people yeah. and kidnapping people that you know women and children are against the rules of war. that 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 the uh that Hamas perpetrated.